You're listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 140. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Sean Conley, former NFL kicker, author, and yoga instructor, where he shares his journey of spiritual discovery and how he kicked himself to freedom. This NFL kicker-turned-yoga instructor just released his first book, The Point After, How One Resilient Kicker Learned There Was More to Life Than the NFL, which details his pursuit in achieving his ultimate dream and freedom from the professional pressures by finding yoga and living a more mindful life. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals, the mass suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The mass suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile and it's great for plyometric and high intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the mass suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, how are you? Th- thanks for having me, Grant. Really excited to be here. You bet. I'm, I'm really excited for, for many fronts. Uh, it's always cool to bring on a former NFL uh, football player to talk about mindset, but we're going to talk about not only your mindset, but where you're at right now, life after football. So we're going to talk about transition and how you transition to be uh, in the mindfulness uh, sector, if you will, as a yeah. yoga instructor. And then we're going to talk about your cool book that you just released. Um, so I'll call the, the point after. So I'm really excited to, to talk to you about that. Yeah, awesome. Sounds good. All right. So let's get into it. Let's start off the show with, with my favorite topic, um, which is around mental toughness. Now, I can only imagine all the years that you played football and the things that you've gone through in your life, um, all the adversity. I'm sure there's a lot of mental toughness um, things that you've, you had to you know, deal with. So when you think of the, the two words, mental toughness, what does that mean for you? Yeah, I think for me, it means one's ability to, to bounce back from adversity or mistakes and the, the, the inner critic. I, I know for me, um, when I was going through my football journey, the inner critic was, was the bigger battle than, than my ability. You know, there got to be a certain point where it was really clear to me I had the ability to play in the NFL, but it was that other voice that kept creeping in. And, you know, I think back and, and that voice never went away. What did change over time is how I 
responded to that voice and you know whether I was able to overcome it quickly. So I think for myself and you know to speak with other athletes, it's 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 that inner critic and ignoring it and and finding the strength to, to keep going. Because no matter how great of an athlete you are, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, they're going to have yeah. setbacks. They lose, and so they must have this inner strength inside them because they have the ability to somehow keep going. So. Exactly. I think it's huge when you talk about the, the inner critic, uh, what I've, when I've learned, you know, life after football and also what I'm teaching athletes now is to empower them in the moment so they can actually talk to those, to that inner critic and not right. listen to it. Cause once you listen to it, then you're in the effect of it and then you lose your power. Right. Exactly. So can you look back out of all the years that you played football, uh, or even in life, um, is there a specific time where you had to be mentally tough? Yeah, I, I think for me was when I when I walked on the pit. I, I didn't play football in high school. I played other sports. Um, so I walked on, but that was after spending three years at, at Division three schools. I actually went to Grove City College for a semester um, where I walked on there. And the, the coach actually told me when I walked on that he didn't need me. And I ended up falling into a depression. That's That, that was one of the first battles I had. But it was um, at the University of Pittsburgh where I only had one year of eligibility left. I was a senior when I walked on there. And they had, there were seven kickers there, five were on scholarship. And it just seemed that everything was against me. Like the, even, you know, I showed up out of the, out of the blue, this, this kicker trying to take, you know, these other kickers jobs. And it was, it was a hard, you know, you work so closely with these kickers. That was really difficult for me. Um, and when you're around other players that you almost feel like they want you to perform poorly, that was probably like the, the hardest moment for me to just block all that out. Um, you know, luckily for me, I had um, a coach, Amos Jones, who was a special, special teams coach at Pitt at the time, who we bonded and he was, he was a new coach. And so I, um, I took advantage of, of the belief I could tell he had in me and I kept that, I used that to, to help keep driving me through that. Man, it's really important to have um, those 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 mentors, those coaches, right. right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and which is really cool because I've 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 experienced those, and it makes me now as, as I'm getting older, which I know I have a lot more life to live, but uh, now it's my job to be in service for for people below me. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about uh, again. We'll get into mindset, which is kind mm -hmm. of the premise of my show. You know, when you played the, in the NFL, how would you describe your mindset and, and how much has your mindset changed now, life after football, now being a yoga instructor? Yeah, um, that's a great question. You know, for me, when I came into the NFL, it's always like the, the low man on the, on the totem pole, so to speak. So uh, like when I was with Detroit, you know, they already had a kicker when they signed me. Um, the same with the Colts, um, the same with the Jets. There was always a kicker. So for me, um, the mindset was to just, um, you know, similar to Pitt, it's just as to just to block it all out. Remember that I had a job. Um, it was also, you know, very difficult when you're, you know, you're trying out to to make an NFL team. The kicker there has been there for ten years, twelve years, and how like that's their living. And here's this guy coming in and trying to take my job. Um, so for me, it was just, it, 
when practice ended, you know, going back to my room at the hotel room and just telling myself just to, just to stay focused and just, you know, knowing I had a job to do to, to make the team and to not let anything distract me. I know it was hard. Like you'd come into the locker room and the guy that was next to you the day before his locker is now empty. <laughs> right. So th there was that, um, you know, like the scene from uh, major league where they open up the door and there's, there's, there's the red tag. And so it was, it was trying to stay in the present moment. Like when I look back, there was always that, okay, well, I want what's next. I want to be on the team and then I want to be in the league for this year. But I noticed that when I was my strongest is when I was just right in the moment, reminding myself um, that this is, this was your dream when you're a kid. You know, I started kicking when I was eight and when I would play as a kid or when I would kick as a kid was playing. So I think that always helped me with my mindset, just to remember like, this is, this is a game and this is something I love to do. And then when I would be in that mindset, I would notice I wouldn't be thinking as much, you know, I would just, I would just be more feeling. Cause you know, like I said, like at that point in my career, I had the technique down. I knew what I did right. I knew what I did wrong. It was just relaxing, having fun and just letting it rip. So, okay. um, yeah. Oh, and then the second part of the question, could you, yeah, as far as like how how different is your mindset now from when you were in the NFL now that you're a yoga teacher? My mindset's changed, I think, a lot more picking up what I was saying about the NFL where I get distracted, where it's, I, I catch myself much quicker now when I'm not in the present moment, where I'm going back to the past, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, you know, especially right now with what's going on, it's it's so easy to get caught up in you know, oh, I wish things were this way, you know, why can't they be that way? And, and for me now with, you know, what I've learned through yoga and meditation is there's things out of our control and I'm just going to, you know, give that up as best as I can and just do what I can in the, in the, with the, with the present moment. Otherwise I get caught in that, that world of, you know, I want it this way. So, right. right. You know, it's, <laughs> It's funny you bring that up just because this happened to me last night is because I'm, you know, as you can imagine, everything is more so virtual. So I'm, I'm working with teams and athletes and in groups of people virtually. And so last night, you know, I've been, I was planning this, this virtual session with, the, with not only a team, it was, it was all of these student athletes with the school. Yeah. And right when I got, I mean, we're literally like two minutes before I'm like letting people into the, into the session for whatever reason, my, my mouse wouldn't move. And I'm like, uh Oh, and all these yeah. people were, I mean, there was like, you know, close to hundred people that were on the session. And I'm like, Oh, what do I do? What do I start freaking out? <laughs> I'm like, all right, Mr. Mental performance coach, right. Like, get into your breath. So I just said, my option right now is to turn off my computer. So I did. And I was about four minutes late, three or four minutes late. But I, at first I felt really rushed and I had to really keep on I kind of get, I had to get present to slow myself down. Right. But it was about 10 minutes after the session where I was kind of beating myself up. And then I'm mm -hmm. like, it's in the past. And before I'd probably let that kill me for like an hour, for a day or two or yeah. even longer, but it just took me 10 minutes to go. It's out of your control. You did the best you can. Yeah. You didn't want to do that. It happened and you're good. Like you're just, you're good, man. Like you learn right. from it, move on. So right. It's that awareness now. Maybe it's because it's, we have more wisdom and we've done a lot of this work. You know? Right, right. Yeah, it's the awareness that I found is, is like the key because it's you know, the, the, the self-doubt or making the mistakes is not going to go away. 
It's how quickly can, can I catch that? And yeah. then you said, then move on. <laughs> exactly. And 99% of the stuff that, that, that I know I get hung up on and, you know, back in the day as, as an athlete and even now is stuff that's really not that important. <laughs> right. But it feels so important. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's talk about something that's um, probably really exciting for you right now. Um, Cause I know what it's like to release a book. It's, it's, man, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, let me ask you this before we get into your book. Did you ever think in your entire life that you would actually write a book? No, absolutely not. Nor did I think I would be teaching yoga and meditation. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no way. <laughs> how did, um, how did you get into, into yoga? How, well, like, what was that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so while I was, this would be like in the mid nineties, you know, when I was bouncing from team to team, um, my wife, um, she was a pioneer in the yoga world, so to speak here in Pittsburgh, she was getting into yoga. She, she tried to get me into yoga. She was, cause this is when I was near the end of my career, I was having back issues and hip issues. And she's like, try yoga. It'll help your body. I'm like, no way. And in the mid nineties, yoga meditation was just, it was too far out there. Right. Um, then, you know, once my career was over, the injuries were worse. Um, and then it just got to a point where she just kept poking me and poking me. And, you know, I tried going to the chiropractor. I tried all different ways to heal my back. Um, but also not only was I suffering from the, the physical injuries, but then there was also, you know, I was battling, you know, regret. Oh, if I wouldn't have overtrained, I'd still be in the NFL. If I would have, uh, you know, uh, got signed by this team instead of this team, I could still be NFL or I'd, or I'd watch NFL games. I'd be like, Oh, I'm better than that kicker. Why does he have a job? And I, so I had both the physical and the mental just crushing me. Um, and around the same time, um, my father passed away. So I had all this stuff happening. So I got to a point, like, I'm just going to try it. She says, it's going to help my body. It's going to help my mind. I, I believe maybe the body, but definitely not the mind. I just didn't, how would doing yoga help me up here. So then I, I, I took it, I started taking classes and after doing it for a few weeks, um, my back started feeling better. Um, my legs, um, and to eventually to the point where, you know, I pain-free, um, but what was really profound for me or the biggest surprise was, was how my mind would start to look at things differently. Or, or it, it was first when I got into the yoga classes, I would just curse at my body like oh you can't do this you're tight you're beat up you're right. washed up athlete you know you can hardly move now um but the mind shifted and it wasn't something i pushed or controlled or anything it was just it just started to happen i started to look at things differently um you know with more gratitude of with my football career um looked upon my, my father's death as gratitude for the time i had with it. everything shifted and while it was happening i had no idea why but now you know, what I know about yoga meditation, it was just, I took some time each day to get out of my head and just breathe mm. and relax. And, you know, now that that's why I'm very passionate about teaching it and sharing with others because everybody has some story that they have about, you know, why they're stuck in their head about something and doesn't necessarily be sports, anything. Um, and so that's why I teach it now, but that's, that's what really got me into yoga. Now I'm, I'm hooked on it and this is the career now. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know what? It I, I want to take one step back because I there was one question I wanted to ask you before we get into your book sure. and, and kind of um in this lifestyle, uh, which I love. Um 
But when we talk about sports and, and you and I played football for a long time, we played football because we loved it. Like there was joy and it was right. Absolutely. Right. Right. And we hear this all the time, like all the time, like, don't forget your why and and your why your why. Yep. Right. And and more often than not, your why is like, it's, it's either I I have fun or I love to compete Mm -hmm. or there was some kind of, you know, connection to your, you know, maybe a brother or or dad or something, Mm -hmm. but right. So for me, like, I realized like when I started to lose that fun, right. Mm-hmm. It was, that's when I started to go, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And then there was other dynamics that played into my decision of, of leaving football. But when you get into the NFL, you hear this all the time about, it's just a business. Mm-hmm. It's just a business. And so right. then it becomes kind of more of a transaction, it seems like, and there's, but there's more pressure to it. How do you like, how do you, how do you keep that why of fun when you're at the NFL level? Because I'm, I'm hearing this even last night, I was watching the weight of gold, which is a uh, documentary on, on Olympic athletes and mental health. You get to that level and there's so much pressure, but they're not having fun. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yeah, for sure. Um, the, whenever the Cleveland Browns were on hard knocks, I think it was two years ago. Um, there was an episode where they're sitting in the, in the meeting room and the coach said, Hey, you're going to talk about your why get out a piece of paper, open up your book. And which I thought was awesome because bringing that into the game to remind players that is, is huge. And I think for a lot of players when they're so tunnel vision, cause I know I was like tunnel vision and there was a few times where I lost my why, but it, it was, it was pretty rare. And I think for me, one of the reasons why I was rare, I was always, I was always fighting to, to get a job. So I was never at a place where like, Oh, here I am. I'm got this, you know, I'm the starting, you know, kicker for year after year or anything like that. So it was always, so for me, it always looks so magical. And so I really lost, but for a lot of these players, like you said, if they've been playing since 10 years old and, pounding their bodies all these years and now they're in the business of it and they see how it's business and cutthroat it's so easy for them to lose their why and i don't know how athletes can do that but i think just you know we actually at our our yoga studio um when we have our meetings it's been a while since we've had an in-person meeting of course but that's one of the exercises we do is we have them open up their journal and say why do you teach yoga you know, why do you do this? Because I think the why is like the key to everything, football, teaching yoga, working in business, because it's, if coming, if, if your work's coming from your heart, there's passion and it's gonna, it's gonna make a difference and it's gonna keep you going. But once you lose that why, then it's just work. But, you know, um, you know, to answer your question, I'm not sure if I did that, but like, um, you know, for, for me, it was just, I just kept reminding myself how much fun I had. I, when I had a, um, a tryout with, with the New York jets, this is when I was near the end of my career and I was really struggling and my, it was all about, I want to be a jet now because this is, it's my last chance. And then I'll, I'll live in New York city. My wife went to Fordham and we'll live happily ever after. But I, I remember the night before my tryout with them, um, lying in the hotel room there in bed, like by my pre night self-talk, I remember just thinking, I remember just like imagining, when I was like a little kid and I used to walk to the field when I was like 12 years old and just kicking until the sun went down. And so I just tried to channel that. And actually the next day I had like my best workout ever. I was 
I was making them from 60 at a couple from 63, 65. And I, it was just bringing that spirit back, which I think up into that or, or right up to that point for the previous few months, I started to lose because my body was falling apart. So somehow channeling that, that inner child, I think is, is the way to keep that why. <laughs> Big time. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny. Uh, recently, I, um, I also have another podcast with Jake Plummer. Okay. And, and we bring it on, we bring quarterbacks and quarterback coaches and OCs um, to talk about the mental game from the quarterback perspective. Mm-hmm. And I love the game of football. I love to, to compete. I love when that ball comes off my hand and it's perfectly placed. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I do it, when I'm, when I'm, if I feel like I'm ballet, when I'm doing it fake, you know, right now my fake and, and just everything and rolling out to my left or my right just feels free. I love that stuff. And also leading, but when I'm on some of these shows and I was just editing a show yesterday and we were talking to a, to a particular quarterback that was rattling off plays, like really long plays. And it gave me anxiety. I'm 46 years old. I haven't played football since I was in my early twenties. And I'm like, that's what I didn't like. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like just hearing the play just make, gave me anxiety because yeah. that was probably to me was the hardest part was to make sure that I was calling those plays. Yeah. Right. And then remember the snap count when I'm just walking two or three, four feet from the huddle, there yeah. was just a lot going on. So there was like this anxiety. That came. <laughs> it's funny how that works, right? Yeah. So let's, let's talk yeah. to your, let's talk about your book. The point after how mm-hmm. one resilient kicker learned that there was more to life than the NFL. So tell my listeners about why you wrote it. Uh, what's behind it. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I started writing the book and in, in, uh, it was actually eight years ago. Um, and the whole idea initially was just to be a how-to yoga book with like how to, how to do certain yoga practices, how to meditate. Um, and they're from my background of, uh, as an athlete. Um, but three years into writing the book, I, I gave it to a, a yoga teacher friend who was also a writer. And she said, no, you, you got it all wrong. Just tell your, your story about football and how it led you to yoga and throw everything out, which is basically the whole book. So um, 300 pages of work um, into the trash, because she was right. I, I remember sitting with it for two weeks. Oh, and I knew she was right. So I, I just started writing the story. And the whole idea behind writing the book um, was to, you know, share my story, how, um, you know, I you know, battled my way through football, um, you know, in, in a very unusual way as a, as a walk on. Um, and then my ups and downs in the NFL and bouncing back from that. And, but I think the heart of the book, I believe is, is how I, I, I ended up in this identity crisis for a few years where I just felt stuck. And cause for me, when my career ended, I was last cut when I was, was 25, but I kept trying for another year or so. Um, my identity the whole time was I'm a football player. So like when I signed with the Detroit Lions, I was like, I'm an NFL football player. And so my whole life, that's what who I was going to be. And so when all of a sudden that was gone, I, I didn't know what to do. So I spent a lot of time just, you know, in the past and, you know, eventually, you know, moved on. And, you know, a big part of it was, was finding the yoga and the meditation, um, and so for me, it's, it's just sharing the story about how, cause my, my goal was not to make it just for people who play football. Cause we, I think we all have these, you know, you go to college, you study this 
and then you're in this job and it's not what you want it to be. And we can just be stuck in that and thinking that that's what our identity is. It's, it's our job or it's this and it's that. And so I think that's really what, you know, why I wrote the book is just to share my story and hopefully inspires others to, you know, think about how we can, you know, reinvent ourselves and by just, you know, letting go of the past, which is easier said than done, but. Right. <laughs> right. There's, there's definitely a process, a process with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my, mine took about two decades, but yeah. I've had a lot of people on here that we talk about, because I think when it comes to transition, it's really, really important because I don't care what level you are. If you've really dedicated a lot of time to, to your sport, you'll have to go through a process of, right. of transitioning out of it. And, and there's a lot of successes. There's a lot of great stories and smooth transitions, and there's a lot of tough ones. Absolutely. Um, which I, I'm, I kind of fall in that bucket. And, and I really, really connect with what you're saying about the identity piece. That's, I was, I was the quarterback. I was the man, like I, right. from the, the time when I was, I don't know, early nine years old, eight years old, mm-hmm. all the way up to my early twenties. And then when that went away, I was like, who the heck am I? And then I'm like, well, I don't care who I am. And then I spent like a lot of time, not giving a shit. Mm-hmm. And so with you, how did, when you were transitioning away from this identity of being an NFL football player, how did you, what, what was that thing that allowed you to kind of to ease into or transition into what you're doing? Now? Yeah. Like, so was there it? were, yeah, it wasn't like there, like I flipped the switch and went from football to yoga. What, what I first did was my, my, my instinct was to find something to replace the NFL. So something competitive and where, you know, I could get the juices flowing and um, high energy competitive. So I tried to get into like adventure racing and um, I looked for jobs um, like sales jobs where I could like, you know, make a lot of money and be the, like the top sales producer. So I got into pharmaceutical sales, biotech. Um, and I did that for, um, for eight years and, and did quite well. I was like always like one of the top sales people there. Um, but while I was doing that, it made me think about, you know, here I am, I'm in the same mindset of what I had before, which is, you know, super goal oriented. So when I was doing those jobs, it made me look at like, I have, you know, I have a pattern here where it's just a, it's just a go 110%. And that's when, you know, I was starting to practice yoga during the same time where I then just that, like, you know what, like maybe, you know, it's not about the money, you know, or being in a super competitive environment. I can, you know, you know, do this yoga teacher thing, which took me a while. There was probably about a two-year process where I was kind of like in both worlds. Yeah. I was working in the pharmaceutical biotech industry during the day, teaching yoga at night, because it was so hard to let go because the, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm supposed to have this type of job. I'm not supposed to do something unusual like teach yoga especially like being a football player so i struggled with that part of the identity too because all that time like i'm a football player football players don't don't teach (laughs) yoga so i had that battle so it wasn't like an overnight you know football is over oh yoga teacher it was years of a of a process to get there (laughs) right you know and and again another thing that i really connect with because i i spent about two years living two worlds i when i had to go back to or not when I chose to go back to school and get my master's in sports psychology, I couldn't actually tell my, my company at the time I could have, but then 
you know, it would be one thing if I was going back to get my master's in business, uh-huh. then they'd be like, okay, that's great. You know, but I'm like, why sports psychology? Are you leaving? So I had to leave. I, had, I was living two worlds and, and to work a full-time job and to do full-time school. It was, it was tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot of stress, a lot of pressure yeah. I had to deal with. Yeah. Which, which I think that's an awesome story. Cause I think that's like, that's the why again, you know? And like, for me, like when I was, you know, shifting towards yoga like my why when i was working in the pharmaceutical industry was not really something that got me excited you know my why for then was like i have you know i make all this money and it's secure but it wasn't really what i really wanted to do exactly yeah exactly well now that you are teaching people to have more of a, a mindful life and be more resilient and be more relaxed and deal with stress and pressure differently. Um, and I'm always fascinated this from, uh, with kickers because everyone, it's funny. Everyone thinks like, <laughs> man, they, they, to be a kicker, that's easy. It's all you do is kick. You just <laughs> kick. You're not doing, you're not really running with the team. And, and trust me, I played enough football that I know that the kicker is just important as a quarterback, as a linebacker and every other position on the field. But what is that pressure like? What is that pressure being the kicker when you're in this, the whole, everybody's looking at you to do one thing is a kick. Right. So what's that pressure like? How do you describe that pressure? And yeah. Then, yeah. 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 And I, I think the first thing is like what you mentioned about, you know, the one battle the kicker always has is that he is like, like different and that you have one job and it's, and it's this. Right. So I think, you know, for kickers, like we just have to accept, okay, this is, this is what it is. I got this unique position um, and not worrying about making mistakes it, for, for the kicker, you know, like you said, like they're expected to make every kick. So when they make a mistake, that's it. I, I think that the biggest battle I remember having is just that, that feeling of, of loneliness, you know, there's, you have your snapper and you have your holder where you have that interaction with, but it's, it's that self-talk that starts b- before the night of the game and then just keeps going <laughs> throughout the entire right. game. Right. <laughs> so this is, this is an interesting question. Now that you've gained all this experience, you've gained all this knowledge uh, with breath and being present, mm-hmm. how much of a different kicker would you would have been back in the day if what you know now that you could apply it to your game back in the day. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. I, I think it would have helped a lot. I, I think what would have helped me the most, I, I, f- I feel pretty lucky in terms of how I was able to, you know, miss a kick and then move on. But my bigger challenge mentally was how I always felt that I wasn't training enough. So what I've learned through yoga and meditation is, is, is balance and, and self-care and so for me, when I trained to be a kicker, it was, it was every day. Um, I had a, a notebook that I'd take with me to the field and I'd have like, okay, you know, you know, start at 20 yards, left hash in the center and the right kick three, three, three. And then it would just keep going back. And then I'd add up all my kicks. And so I was, I was very meticulous. So my whole focus was always the number of kicks. It, it, it wasn't the quality. It wasn't about like how my leg felt. So like looking back, I would just, I would do that part so differently and just focus on the quality of the kicks. I would kick less, you know, I, I, I work now um, here and there, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get a text from someone. Oh, I have a, 
um, a kid in the neighborhood who wants to be a kicker at his high school, could you work with them? So I, I get a lot of those. And, you know, right. every year I work with a couple of kids and, and that's always the thing I, I remind them is just, you don't need to kick a million balls. Cause usually they'll be like, you know, as I practice today, I, I kick 75 balls. I'm like, Whoa, you know? And so, but, um, that's how I would do things differently. It's just, and I used to, you know, train in the weight room all the time. You know, a lot of that was also just feeling like this insecure kicker that I want to be part of the team. Right. So I'd be in the weight room for two and a half hours and then I'd go kick for two hours. But so it would just be being much smarter with, with the training. Wow. Now with your routine as a, as a kicker, was there a conscious, like, I can only imagine when you're kicking, you're, you're going to breathe a little bit, you know, you, you know, you go through your routine, like what was your routine and was there conscious breathing within your routine back then? Yeah. You know, that was something I never gave any thought, you know, never, you know, it wasn't really around like the, like, you know, I think back then, like players who brought any sort of like mental aspect, it was considered, considered out there. Um, but looking back, you know, I must've done something, you know, to stay relaxed. Um, that was like, you know, mindfulness. And for me, what I would do is, is, is just, when the game was going on, I knew that eventually I had a kick, but I wasn't, I wouldn't think about the next kick. So I would actually just try to watch the game as a, almost like a fan. And then, cause I knew eventually like they'd call me and I'd have to go out there, but I noticed like sometimes when I'd be tighter kicking and that was okay, we just crossed a 40 yard line. Now, now get ready. Cause you're, you're going to kick versus like, okay, we crossed a 40. I might have to go in. I might not. When I was more relaxed, it, it, it made a big difference. I noticed. And did you have any uh, superstitions at all? Um, it was it was how I put on my cleats beforehand. Um, <laughs> you know, like this one I had to go on first, the plant foot first, the right foot. And then also um, I had a t-shirt that I wore under my jersey for years that my friend gave me. He went to the, the Duke Canisius basketball game and he gave it to me back in like the mid 80s. And I wore that shirt for like 10 years, no matter how wow. bad it looked and why I did that. I have no idea. I must've like at one point made a kick and then I just kept it, but right. it was more of a rag by the end of my career than, <laughs> you know, I had, I had Jeff Reed on my show uh, probably like a year ago or so. And he was, uh, <laughs> he, he was great, but he was sharing with me his super superstition. He was like, you know, us kickers can get pretty superstitious like baseball players. But he said, um, I would always at halftime, I would, I would change the sock on my leg and that new sock kind of gave me, regardless what that first half was like for me, it gave me a new leg yeah. and he goes, and if I did miss, um, at, at all in the first half during halftime, I would go where I missed that, that kick, I would kick it three times. Mm. I would have to do that. Yeah. So I can like let go of it so I can actually have right. a fresh second half. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, I mean, that's, that's, that's a mental part of the game, but even maybe he didn't think he was, but it was something that was very mindful to like a process to let it go. It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you know, it also is really funny and maybe, maybe um, this resonates with you as well, but he's like, you know, what I learned as a football player in the NFL, which I didn't know that I was getting, going to get into was that I turned into a weatherman and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, <laughs> I was checking the weather every single day. Cause it's, it changes depending where we're going to play, especially being in Pittsburgh. It's, right. you know, it's very volatile. So he goes, that was one thing that I was, I was, I always knew what the weather was going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I grew up in Erie, which I actually think helped me quite a bit. That's, you know, right on the lake, two hours North of Pittsburgh. Right. And so I would kick year round. So I used to kick on sheets of ice and snow. And so, uh, the weather in that part of the country as a kicker is a whole different ball game than so many other places. But I used to do the same thing, like before a game, pick up the grass and throw it and walk around, look at all the flags and <laughs> right. <laughs> Reading the defense. Right, <laughs> right. So when you think about reflection, I, I, love, I love asking this question because I think this is how we grow is when we reflect. And so when you reflect on your whole career, even as a yoga instructor, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? I, I think, yeah, for, for me, it's, especially as an, as an athlete, it, it was getting caught up too much in where I was going or the mistakes I made in the past. And I think that's like what I've learned the most is that it's, it's a waste of time being in that, that other place. And so for me now, um, especially yoga has reinforced it. It's just catching myself quicker now w when I go there. And it could even be with, um, you know, if I'm driving um, my son to his baseball game and I'm thinking of something else and he asked me a question and I don't hear his question. You know, before I probably did, didn't bother me, but, you know, it was a little stuff like that. But now I, I try to catch myself and be like, you know, if this is, this is where I am now. And he's asking me a question. I want to, I want to be fully present. So I try to bring that into my, everything I do in life now is, is, is to be fully there. Cause, cause I know what it's like to just be caught up in that right. place where I'm there, but I'm not really there and it still happens. Right. And it's, I still get there, but it's just try to catch myself as quickly as possible, pull myself out of it and be right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just kind of like, I, I'm with you with negativity. It's not going to go away. It's going to be right. there. Just how long are you going to choose to be with exactly. it? Right. And you know, when you get out of focus, you know, it's going to happen. How long are you mm -hmm. going to stay out of focus? How are you going to get back into the present? Right. Right. Um, with all these tools that you've learned, uh, cause you've talked about, you know, being present and letting go of the past and being grateful and being resilient. Do you feel now that you have all these tools, do you feel more that you have more emotional space? Yes. Yeah. I feel um, in, in terms of just being more by emotional space, you mean just being more uh, in touch with that in tune with like, feeling more yeah that and yeah. also i think when we have more emotional space we have more fluidity in our in our life we can yes. we can move throughout the universe um smoothly and and again if the way that i look at it if we do have a lot of emotional space then we're not really hanging on to shit we right let that go so we, exactly. can, we just feel more free right right no no absolutely um you know i've noticed now that it you know just I'm able to to quickly let stuff roll out that, that, that and I don't know if this is more from just getting older too, where things would get me more um, upset than, you know, in the past, but now I feel like, you know, it's, it's okay to be angry for a moment, yeah. but just notice that work with it, like let it go. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. It's funny how that process goes because it's very, yeah. it's very simple. 
It's just, uh, it's so it's, it's the, the law of two easies. It's, mm-hmm. it's really easy to do. And it's really easy not to do. Right. 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 <laughs> Man, this is, uh, this is great. I wish I could, you know, spend more time with you because there's, I know there's so much more about your career and so much more what you're doing now to affect people that I'd love to possibly have you back on the show again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But yeah. how can my, how can my listeners learn more about your yoga practice, follow you on social media and buy your book? Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, on my website is everything's right there. SeanConley.net. Um, the books there, um, there's, uh, links to, we, we've moved all of our classes online so they can do that online. And there's some information there on, on meditation. Um, you know, one thing, you know, about the yoga meditation, I'm sure you know about is, you know, I, I teach one style, but what I always say to people who are getting, uh, new into yoga meditation is to try different ones. I know for me, the first couple of yoga classes I wasn't so crazy about, but it was not the yoga. It was just, it wasn't for me. So just trying out all the different yeah. opportunities to find one that, that works for you. What's the style or framework that you, that you teach? So uh, p- power yoga. So it's a very physical. And, and the, one of the reasons why I got into that was, you know, I, I wanted something to replace the football. So it's, it's hard. You sweat. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's push-ups and those kind of movements. Um, mm-hmm. However, we do add in because um, it, it that style of yoga attracts a lot of type A personalities, like similar to myself, put, you know, who are pushers. Yeah. But we add in meditation at the end. You know, for for me, um, you know, I like to get a lot of energy out. So it's a it's a challenging class. Yet at the end, we spend about twenty minutes on the floor doing floor poses, and we always end with a meditation. So it brings it together. So the first part's like a moving meditation with the challenging movements and then it ends more with, um, passive restorative movements. So, Got it. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sean, thank you for sharing your, your journey and your mindset and your passion. This is, this is awesome. And, uh, and good luck to you. We'll have to talk, share more football stories. Absolutely. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Good luck to you with your book. Thank you. I appreciate it. 